Well, Guten Morgen, Mark. Well, Guten Morgen, Johnny. How are you, buddy? I've been better, man. I've been better. You've been better. Been stock market. Oh, dude, don't get me going. How's it? I mean, the American market's trash. How's the German doing? Well, mo- all of my stocks, like my whole portfolio, is still over the American, so it it, it does about as good as you think. Yeah. So I can I can transfer some stuff over here in Germany. Um, the only difference is that I get to trade four hours before you do, and my all my stuff closes four hours before after or before yours does. All that sort of shit. Like it's just a time difference here, but um, no, like all all the stuff that I have in my portfolio has just been tanking, man. Like, yeah. Let's see. Um, I've got Nintendo stock, and they did a stock split like a year ago, and so I went from having like three of them that were worth like sixty euro a piece to like thirty of them that are all worth like five a piece. It was just like something like, however the fuck it split. Like I just, I have a whole bunch more, but they're all worth way fucking less now. And I'm like, eh, that's nice. It's great. My, my Rand corporation, you know, I, I had to have a, a, a slice of them. They're not doing so hot. And you know, I, I don't know. I started putting all of my money into one specific stock because they said, okay, this is the stock of the future. Okay. If you had to guess what this company does, what would you guess? You know, stock of the future, something that is bulletproof. It's it's only going to go up from where we are right now. I would assume like cat castles with built-in streaming devices. You would almost assume correctly because it's almost as asinine as that. And yet somehow Ooh, okay. I got suckered in. It is basically a white dudes in their 30s only podcasting platform network and they're, they're they're big they're big right like it can only go up right that's that's what they say um there's just so many of these these different platforms right now they want to consolidate them all and put them all on one specific thing that way if you want to go and find something about hey we're trying a brand new whiskey and talking this week or hey let's uh let's rate the i don't know cup sizes of miss universe i don't i don't know i i don't that listen to a lot of white Johnny. dude podcasts uh, yeah but you know, somebody's done it probably alex jones <laughs> that's still a thing right anyway it's a comparison folks folks their their boobs they're getting smaller folks they, they, they put something <laughs> in the water they're making their boobs all small oh my god folks ah <laughs> anyway, like their their whole big goal here is that you if you end up and you if you can prove to them that you are a verified IPO and like initial purchase like point offering, if you go and buy their stock day one, if you can prove that you bought it within its first twenty four hours, you get a lifetime yeah. to their premium subscription. And I gotta say, that alone is kind of what's tempting me. Like damn. Cause Mark, you, you know what they happen to have on this network, like one of their exclusive signees. Not going to go to Spotify, not going to go to Podbean, not going to go to i i podcasts, Apple Podcasts, I none of that radio. shit. Yeah, none yeah, none of that shit, but they're they're sticking with this. You you got to you got to okay. guess. What do you think it is, man? Oh, I don't know, the new Mindy Kaling project, right? No, it's the Dangle podcast. Hey! No one told me about this. Where's my check? If we're gonna sell out, if we're gonna sell out, you better fucking pay me for my soul, damn it! Exclusivity, baby. 
Welcome except everybody we're not. to Welcome. the Dangle Podcast. <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. This is your weekly King of the Hill podcast that can be found wherever you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is a weekly retrospective rewatch of Mike Judge's King of the Hill, where me and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of Mike Judge's beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and talk about the goods, the bads, the highs, the lows. We see what they rehashed. We talk about how much we hate two writers in particular. And then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, you just want to buy, buy, buy? I don't Why sure, I don't know you knucklehead. <laughs> you put your whole nut into one one stock? Somebody get the nutcracker. Well, this week, guys, we're listening to... Uh, well, we're watching episode 241, A Bill Full of Dollars. Um, I'm guessing it's a play on the on a billfold of dollars. I don't know. Or a fistful, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah. Part yep. of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly trilogy. Yeah, for like a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. That yep. one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, original air date for this episode, November 16th, 2008. Written by Dan McGrath. Mark, where do we see Mr. McGrath? Uh, we just saw him in Life of Losers Manual. Mm. With Luann's daddy. All right, then. Well, I don't like what you do to Knoxville, but I didn't. I don't remember hating that episode. I also don't remember loving that episode, but that seems to be my well, so you, line for the last two seasons. You gave it a Buking, I gave it a Butane, and then um, he also oh. did... The Men Who Knew Too Much, the Gun Club episode, and you buking that, oh, and I charking yeah. that. Okay, we like right, so Dan McGrath in this been, house. Yeah, he's been he's been blood, hit, he's been blood and sauce, lately. John. Blood and sauce. Uh, your blue, your last blue flame was blood and sauce, and he okay. did that one. So, yeah. Well, shit. All right, not bad. Uh, well, our cast of characters for a bill full of dollars is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boom Howard, Man, Super and Pone. The Dow Genius, Buck Strickland, the Moving Man Derek, and a non-speaking role for, uh, who was in, she was introduced in Lady and Gentrification, but apparently the hipster girl is back. Honestly, I wasn't paying close enough attention to notice if there was a reused character model, but the fact that somebody yeah. was and put it into the wiki, I'm lord. That is level of detail that I do not expect out of the King of the Hill wiki. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> level of detail you would be foolish to expect out of the King of the Hill wiki. Right. Um, I did not do my due <laughs> diligence this week, guys. So if the Dow Genius is anybody other than uh, one of their stock players, you'll have to call me out in the comments um, because I didn't look and see. He would, he or Derek would be the only guest stars we have this week, but I don't think it was anybody specific. Um, I just know the Dow Genius is a parody of Jim Cramer. So it would be funny if Jim Cramer was making fun of himself, but I doubt it. I doubt he's that cool. <laughs> doubt he's that cool. Uh, I'm checking on the IMDb here. Let's see. Nope, it is our good buddy David Herman. It sounds about right. I said it, it yep. sounded a little familiar. So, hey, thanks, this David Herman. This is season Appreciate 13. It. They can't afford uh, Kramer, man. There's no way. It's tr yeah yeah that I dude mean, was like a quadrillionaire for doing nothing yeah. at all. <laughs> Basically, telling people how to lose money. That's mm -hmm. I, I there's we're gonna digress for half a second here because guys we'll we'll talk a bit about stocks and stock trading 
in this episode because that's what the bulk of the episode is about. But I uh, I saw on Reddit about two years ago, two and a half years ago, somebody created an AI bot that literally does the opposite of everything he says and gave it like a thousand yeah. bucks. And it's like, I think it's worth like 50 grand at this point. Jesus Christ. Like it, like they, they literally tell it to do the exact opposite of everything that he does in like daily in his episodes. And yeah, like it's, it's, it makes me make way more money literally by ignoring him and doing the opposite. Mm. So yeah, he's, he is, uh, wow. Unfortunately, a, still a figurehead in the, the American financial system. A synopsis for this episode, the rainy street investors realize that Bill is a gold mine as the, quote, ideal American consumer, and the Hills get a new TV. Um, our A story here, Peggy Min and Dale. Our B story, which is really kind of an A subprime one, is Bobby and Hank. Question mark? Possibly, more than likely, by the end of it, yeah, that's definitely a B story. Um... Before we get into the notes, I would like to make a comment here, Mark. I haven't had a retro rage for a while, but did you have one for this episode? You mean flat screen TVs? I was going to say, yep, non-HD TVs. I don't think anybody that, that actively and consistently listens to a podcast, like... It... Okay, anybody younger than us probably has no idea. No idea that non-HD TVs were ever a thing. People our age and older, yeah, we still remember it because we also remember VHS tapes and shit like that. But yeah, it just, it was very silly to me that it was HD, but it was also the fancy flat screen. You try finding a fat TV now. I dare you. You look at this big old girl I just sent you. Oh boy. And I know you recognize the background there, buddy. Oh boy. Well, see, Mark, I have to imagine that you, just like me, are a fan of the classics and you just refuse to let shit go. Yeah. (laughs) No. I have one. No, that thing weighs 300 goddamn pounds and I can't get it down the stairs by myself and I don't have any (laughs) strong friends. There's, what, Amanda's going to do it? Like, I got 100 pounds of Amanda and and I can't do it. Like, it's not going to happen. Just throw it on her back. (laughs) Just fulcrum it right as she goes down the steps and make sure she doesn't, like, gain too much momentum and plow through the wall. (laughs) You know? How did it... Um, Mark, you're single. Yeah, I killed my girlfriend with a TV. um, I definitely still have a tube TV. My mom just laughs and laughs and laughs because she's helping me move it twice now. Um, And every time she goes, I refuse to move TVs. If you want it, you have to move it yourself because she also knows how fucking heavy they are. Uh, But I have it for all my retro consoles. I keep an old tube TV for my retro consoles because it's just easier than trying to buy some weird like three pin connector that converts to an HDMI. That's just going to make shit look terrible anyway, like weird and stretched out. No, just get the damn old Sony Panasonic uh, magnet box. One of those. It's good. I still got a PlayStation 3 and an Xbox OG and a Nintendo 64, yeah. so why not, you know, why shouldn't why shouldn't exactly. I keep it, said Mark Baggins as he looked at the TV made of rings. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying if it's not if it's not like taking up so much room and you can still see some potential use for it, I say you do the opposite of that Japanese bitch that asks if you if it, it brought you joy in the last year. Fuck it, it'll bring me joy eventually. I'm keeping it. 
Yeah, fuck her, that <laughs> asshat. Uh, anyway, uh, give me your notes, buddy. I feel like I, I've been talking your ear off here, but thanks for letting me get a retro rage <laughs> out of the way. Oh, you're goddamn right, buddy. Oh, uh, my notes here. Uh, number one, we got some new signs and callouts and restaurants and callbacks. You got Sombrero oh, Express. Yeah. Uh, that's a real Italiano, and then Sugarfoots has returned. That'll come up in my notes a little bit later. Um, yep. I bet you Boomhauer's a horse guy. You know, like people. <laughs> there's like that type of dude that is like mystified by a horse, and I bet you Boomhauer is one of them. I could see that. Yeah. Um, flat screens, LOL. Also, this is a Peggy gets a job episode question mark. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's yeah. uh Peggy's job doesn't fucking pay her. So she needs to find something that'll pay her. Yeah. I love that. That Hank straight up calls her out and is like, you haven't sold a house in half a year. Like you're just going to spend <laughs> my money. <laughs> if you buy it with the credit card, I still got to pay for it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is a Dan McGrath episode, which means we get a call back to men who knew too little and that men and Dale are still hanging out in their buddies. Dale mm-hmm. is the connective tissue here. The Gribble, the point is, if the Gribbles got divorced, Rainy Street would fall apart. Yeah. Because. Yeah, Dale is um, the reason that he facilitates every other, like, weird third party relationship, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But also with, like, you know, Nancy being the third hen, but, like,. Here's Dale just, Dale is just perfectly comfortable sitting in on tea time with men and Peggy. And that is wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Um, You already kind of told me, but Johnny, how's your Rand stock doing? I remembered. It's actually gone down since I bought it. I still have like single share from when we started oh, recording this. Um, I, I've only ever had one share of the Rand Corporation, but the whole reason I bought it was because of my love of King of the Hill. I've had it for like four years. I think I bought it for 15 bucks. It closed today at, I say 12 or like it was when Ooh. I, when it was go, opening today, it was at like 12. So I've lost three whole dollars on it. Um, let me see. Damn it, Mark. You spoke it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's down nine cents today. It's 1276. Oh shit. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, it's it, within the last year. It's lowest point it's been is twelve fifty. Highest point was fourteen ninety three. But you know, it's not a loss if I keep holding on to it because that means it has the potential to go back up to the fifteen I bought it at. I will get those that money back. Damn it! <laughs> I'm just I'm just pig headed enough to not lose my money. So guys. <sighs> They say that you should be buying the shit that you are interested in because that's the ideal consumer, right? Makes sense. I have, uh, I, I have like Microsoft stuff, so I should be buying Microsoft, like stock. I have an, a Mac. I should buy a, a thing from from Apple. Um, I just so happen to like eat Hello Fresh and drive a Tesla, so fucking buy those, right? Well. Dumb Johnny decided that he was going to buy a bunch of shit that he was super into during the pandemic, thinking that that was going to last forever. And it didn't. <laughs> so the 600 bucks that I put in, uh, my stock portfolio has basically like cratered at 400 and has stayed there for two years. And so I'm terrified to fucking sell and cut my losses because God damn it, I want my 200 bucks back. You're not getting it, dog. No, the le- lesson of the day is don't fucking buy Games Workshop because everyone and their brother has a 3D printer and can go and make their own Warhammer. 
If anything, buy puts on that shit. That way you can laugh as they lose their ass. Buy into 3D printers. There you go. <laughs> Plus, I think it's badass that I own Nintendo stock. Like, that makes me really happy. <laughs> anyway, Mark, you, you long actually, short of you it. Do. You actually do. Well, no, I think that's cool. Like, you actually own Nintendo stock. That's something that you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, where, where my RAND stock is still there. It's still underperforming. It's stable. I've lost a whole $2 on it. It's fine. It's a bill line. I need extra so I'm covered for the weekend. Johnny, I don't need to be an addictions <laughs> therapist to tell you that Bill has a problem. Yes, he does. <laughs> Bill could actually probably like benefit from a lot of different 12-step programs. If anything, it'll take up his fucking time so that he doesn't do stupid shit. <laughs> this is a Bill loses his everything question mark episode. Mm-hmm. Um Middle-aged, obese, disposable income, poor impulse control, equals Bill, equals Mark Jones. <laughs> oh, that made it in. That's my first con, is that Peggy's description of Bill hurts me, because it felt like he, she was describing me. Attacked and seen. I'm getting, okay, so here, listeners, I'm 35 now, and my hair is turning gray. Um, not a lot, but it's mostly my beard. But this is signaling to me as a time in your life when you're supposed to have your shit together. And, uh, I'm unemployed, about to go back to being a produce wizard, and I've got three podcasts, all of which I love very much, but, god damn, they just aren't, <laughs> they're not making money like I hoped. It's true. <laughs> my shit is not together. And finally, we got a call back to a certain series in the King of the Hill universe. I don't remember the first time we saw it. I want to say in propane. But, uh, or, um, uh, Grand Theft Arland, but, um, Haruto is a property. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Good catch. I, I, I want to say it's in the way. back of the video game. Yeah, so when they're in the comic book shop and Bill's getting not Wolfenstein 3. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. <laughs> what is it? Wolf Storm or something? Or Stromhammer? Castle I don't know, Wolfhammer. Like, yeah. There you are. There you are. But, um,. Uh, Haruto is one of the titles there. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Somebody on that animation team is a fucking weeb. Somebody's a weeb, but also I'm 90% sure that was a Dan McGrath too. So I just wonder if he like writes in background jokes. That'd be funny. You know, like if he, let's see. Grand Theft Arlen was Sanjay Shaw, so no, that does not count, but I also could be super wrong about my source anyway. Doesn't matter. Johnny, what are your notes, buddy? Uh, Let's see here. First one, um, the CSI lady is likely Marg Helgenberger or Georgia Fox because they were both still on CSI Las Vegas at this time. This would have been season nine. I looked up the the uh, 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 like release date, like what would have been going on in 2008. So season nine was mm-hmm. two thousand and eight. Um, the the one dude who was, he was like the proto Hannibal Lecter, if you will. I'm trying to think here. So there's a story behind this. So the main guy from CSI okay. Vegas, right, with the beard. Okay. He was in a movie in the 1980s called Manhunter. I think something to that effect. And it is the first appearance of Hannibal Lecter, but it's not the Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter. So it, it was a different guy that played him. 
instead okay. of Anthony Hopkins. So it was like two or three. So it was it was it was early eighties, not mid eighties, but it was early eighties when this this came out. And so he was like the FBI agent cop guy, and there was a Hannibal Lecter, which was I want to say it's the police chief, the the like fun police chief from Super Troopers. Um. Oh shit. Okay. I want to say he was he was Hannibal Lecter. It's it's fascinating if you like the Hannibal series at all. Like go and watch it. It's definitely worth worth it. Anyway, um, everybody knows he is in this, but at some point CSI also added Lawrence Fishburne, and he was definitely in it at this point as well. So it's like cool. You have most of your OG cast, and now you have Lawrence Fishburne. So maybe the high point of CSI. Who knows? So you're um, talking about. Brian Cox. Yes. So Brian Brian Cox was Hannibal Lecter, and then the guy who the other guy in the movie that was like his his main person to play off of was the the he played Grissom in CSI. William Peterson. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, and it is Manhunter, right? Did I get the name of the movie yeah. right? Fuck you got yeah. her, buddy. Fuck yeah. That's how I did it. Thank I just backtracked Manhunter and looked up Doctor Lecter. Good jo- good job, Brain. Hey, you hear that? That's me masturbating to your brain. <laughs> God damn, it deserves a fucking win after this last week. Um you already <laughs> yes, hit you Hey, 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 no, stop. Johnny, tell tell them what you did. Let them be proud of you. Guys, I passed my comprehensive exam and basically proved that two years of education wasn't a waste on me. Yeah, you did. And we are <laughs> proud of you. I am proud of you. Listeners are proud of you. Good job, buddy. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I still have the one share of Rand Corp, and I don't think I'm ever going to sell it. And just in honor of Johnny Hardwick, I always have to have one. It's just what's going to happen for the rest of my days. So even if this fucker goes up to like $3,000 a share, probably going to keep it. Um, question for you. Why is Bill shopping with the kitty cart? Did you notice that animation bit? No. So the second what, what time. What do you mean kitty cart? So when they're actively following Bill around and he turns to them and goes, I love shopping with you guys. It's so much fun. There's people to talk to now. Um, He's using the kitty carts. Like it's the one that looks like a fucking race car. Like you'd have a little spot for your kids in the front so they can pretend like they're driving a race car while you're just. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. I don't, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Bill's using the fucking kitty cart and I don't know why. Like maybe it's just because it's Bill and he's a fucking child. Maybe it's just Maybe. Bill and he wants to have fun. Who knows? Um, I'm gonna call out the one store in Arlen that you that is new that you did not n- mention, which is Big Jim's Giant Screen Super Circus. Terrible fucking name for a store. Hope he goes out of business. <laughs> Fuck you, Big Jim. Um. <laughs> all right. At what point, Mark, does it become? <laughs> Sorry. You're fine. Fucking TV salesman in 2008 can eat my butt. <laughs> and he probably did lose his business because 2008 was a, was the, the big housing crash. So there, you got what you want. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Schadenfreude. Um, okay, at what point do you feel like Bill is getting taken advantage of here? Because I don't think he is. I think if they had continued to do this and made like shitloads of money off of him, then yes, that that's that's something different. But all in all, at the end of this episode, we find out that their stocks combined when they sell them all makes about five grand. Like, yeah, between three people, so they each made what seventeen hundred bucks. 
1600 bucks. Yep. I don't remember how that divides by three. Like, that's that's nothing. Why is Hank so pissed off? Why did they have to... Like, if they could have just sat there and observed the bill for a, another month or two and made some more serious fucking money off of it, cool. But up to this point, I'm, I have a feeling this is pretty victimless, and I just wanted your input on this. What do you think? No, I agree 100%. This is a victimless crime. They shouldn't have told him. Bill would have been fine. Nothing would have happened. Also, I looked it up, and you're 100% right. Bill is using the kid cart. That is... <laughs> Isn't that weird? Fucking weird. Why? Okay. Okay. Why? <laughs> Listeners, why? <laughs> um, I'd, like uh, to, no. I'd like to imagine that either it's Bill's inner child coming out, right? Because we know okay. that he, he just thought it was childhood. Cool. Yeah. Right? Either that yeah. or it's his weird, awkward way of trying to pick up on women by saying, oh, this is my, my kids are around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I could also see him doing that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, I, yeah. Um, sorry, in answer to your original question, no, I don't, there's not a problem. Is there, I mean, is there really other than because we need a plot reason? Like. I mean, so to a point, I can see it, right? If you are making money hand over fist, like if you're making a hundred grand off of Bill and you're not telling him that his choices are what's doing this, then, okay, that's kind yes. of fucked up. Especially if you're yes. not compensating him for it. I think it's also completely different. Okay, Peggy, Dale, and Min all make a hundred grand off of Bill, and they each give him ten grand, a a ten percent finder's fee at the in the end of it, right? And basically say, yeah, mm-hmm. we just sat here and observed you and watched you, and you're the reason we got this money. Here's a little something. Cool. I find that completely and totally ethical. But it brings me into my next note here because I think Dale is absolutely right when they say it's the observer effect. It means that yeah. the act it, it, that's basically the act of observing a system will influence what's being observed. The second somebody realizes they're being watched, it's no longer like a um, a blinded test. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can no longer take the the like the results are always going to be skewed at that point. They're not going to be true results like shit like that, because Bill now knows he's it's always going to be in the back of his mind that if I don't make the right thing here, it's not that it's it's a big deal for me, but I'm costing people money. Ultimately, in the end, that's what fucks this up because he he can't pick because he's in his own mind about it. So, well, they also they got you know we talk a lot about know get your cut, but know what your cut should be. Also, know if you got a prize truffle pig, know that that pig is only good for one type of mushroom. Don't take tech pig or don't take truffle pig to tech pig store. Like that's yes. not gonna work. You're you're fucked, man. Like it's greed. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Voiced oh, yeah. by their own Dotrieve. Like, that's about it. <laughs> they got what they deserve. On uh, my last note here, um, I, I've got a question that goes with this here. Mark, you've had TVs throughout the years, right? We all have. We've all seen the, the big TVs, the little TVs. We've all had remotes that are obnoxiously large. And the one that I've got for my nice big TV right now has, I swear to God, like maybe three buttons on it. It's weird. Yeah. Hank bitches about his TV remote having too many buttons. Well, guess who stopped and counted the fucking buttons on his remote? You did. This guy. Okay. Okay. And how many were there? Of, of his 36 visible buttons, and it technically it's Jesus. only 35, there's technically only 35 visible buttons because one is the rewind button. So I assume it's there because I saw a play and a fast forward button. 
then yeah, process of elimination. Reading. So yeah. 36 buttons on his remote. 10 of those are digits, leaving us with 26. Uh-huh. Okay? 26 God, is still a lot it. of fucking buttons, right? That is too many options, yes. Another 10 are dedicated shortcuts. They are TV, DVD, VCR1, VCR2, satellite, yada yada. Like, they're buttons you never fucking touch. Well, they're the input like, buttons, you can, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're input. So you never touch. Hank Hill is never going to touch them, right? Like everything else is already well, hooked be, up. He's, because, he's watching TV. Because yeah, like this is before that. Yeah, like this is one of because. Well, but two. This is a weird jump because remember when you used to have to put your VCR to channel three to get it to like. There's a yeah. weird jump in technology that these kids aren't going to get. Like I, I don't mean to yeah. be, sound like an old ass man, but I'm an old ass man. Like anyway, yeah. sorry, I totally cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, basically, the point I'm making here is that Hank is a fucking boomer and he needs to get over it because there are only 16 <laughs> buttons on there. And I'm counting the D-pad that's in the fucking middle as five separate buttons. An up, a down, a left, a right, and a middle. So it's not so, that bad and he can just shut up. No. There's a fucking back button. There's a like a SAP button for Spanish language. There's a fucking go button. There's a power on and a power off button. Like, I counted those as, like, Hank is being a bitch. He's being a bitch. They could have animated that better, and they could have given you 50 fucking ones and not named them all and just shown us a bunch of buttons. I wouldn't have been bitchy. Wouldn't have been this asshole. But you know what? We're in notes. Take notes, We're in notes, and Johnny got to get mad. <laughs> Bart, give me some pros. Hot damn, we are cooking today. Cooking today, baby. Min is a bitch. Pro, I just like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's a fucking bitch. I, I love I men. To be I love men so much. Yeah, just it's great. Just yell um, at me, so, please. Yeah, right. Just tell me how I'm a fucking drunk hillbilly with no teeth and no job. Actually, don't do that. I might die. Um, there's two <laughs> restaurant chain. There's two. So we get three restaurants here. Well, we we eat at two restaurants, and there's a third one seen. Two that are seen are part of a chain, which means that Arlen has be. Effectively, cut, be, effectively become gentrified. This is it. We've jumped yeah. the shark here. Like, and I like this bit of continuity because this is when you started seeing, like, chain restaurants popping up all over the place, and suddenly, you know, there wasn't the local, you know, eatery in town. It was it was now a Chili's, right? Um, yep. But so, and, and we got that in uh, Sombrero Express, and that's a real Italiano. But then they go and they eat at Sugarfoot's. So. It's just kind of, I don't know, maybe I read too much into it, but, like, there's a cool moment there with, like, there is the new here, but Dan McGrath is keeping the old. I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, That TV is goddamn preposterous. It is hilarious. That It takes up an entire fucking wall. What does Peggy say? It's 79 inches or something? Yeah. <laughs> In 2008, like, what, a 79-inch TV is, that's fuck you money. That's, like, five grand. Just for the TV, yeah. With the stereo booster, no, yeah, no, nah, it's dirty, yeah. man. Like you can, go, you can yeah, get a seventy-nine inch TV now for I think like eight hundred bucks. It's not top of the line. It's not gonna have like the two millisecond delay and the eight K fuck you like super resolution and ray tracing and all this other techno shit. No, but it you can get one for under a grand now. Yeah, 
You can get a 75-inch LG class UR9000 Smart Alexa built in 4K Smart TV with Bluetooth with Bluetooth for $796.99 on Amazon. It is on sale for from $926.99. But but if you didn't want to do that, you could grab a TCL 98-inch class S5 4K LED Smart TV with Google TV. For just under, literally just under three thousand dollars. <laughs> what the? Come on, you know you need a hundred inch TV. Okay, I I need to do some quick maths here, really quick. Uh, and remember, it's it's inches from corner to corner, not from up and down or side to side. Do you know how big ninety eight inches is? I mean, yeah, I gotta coil it every day. <laughs> a, a night I can't I fucking can't listeners I fucking can't Fuck you buddy <laughs> man I like I like good brain Johnny when you can tell your brain is like on all cylinders because that's what you can, like and you're not like worrying about like your future a little bit like yeah <laughs> um, a 98 inch TV is bigger than Shaquille O'Neal clocking in at 8.16 <laughs> feet <laughs> oh my god i need a fucking eight foot tv i couldn't buy an eight foot tv because i couldn't get it into my apartment no no you have to bring it in it, through your double door you'd have to literally pull I, yeah, it up fully to, and fucking pull it up i would have to like get the guy to stand on top of the roof of the semi and hand it up to me on my third floor oh my god it's insane anyway yeah. sorry moving on I like Bobby's initial, like, enrapturement with the TV, and he's just like, oh my god, it's in our house, and it's so big. I like the initial, but then I get tired of them, like, being afraid of it. That's annoying. Dale likes the robots. That's why they go to the tech thing, right? Dale likes robots. Mm -hmm. But do you know why he likes robots, Johnny? Why? Because per the incredible Hank... The robots will have beaten the clones in 2010. So this is two years before the robots have won. Dale is right to be speculating in future tech. All right, I like that. And finally, I really just kind of like Dale's method the best when he says, well, maybe instead of selling my guns, I can put some out in front of Bill's porch and just let what happens happen. Oh. (laughs) Show me things I laughed at way too fucking hard. Mark, I think you need to up your therapy sessions. <laughs> Fuck you, that's <laughs> hilarious. Like <laughs> I'm glad you're talking to somebody. I need you to do it more now. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we to my pros here? <laughs> Um, first off here, pro, even in 2008, people knew that Jim, Jim Cramer is a fucking moron. Um, I love that he is a caricature in this episode. Like nobody takes him seriously. Then the one time they do, they totally get fucking burned. Um, mm-hmm. they just make him out to be a gigantic dick that the joke you and I were making in the beginning about nuts, like that's an incredibly cruel thing to do to somebody who just mortgaged their house and lost all of it. You know, you don't sit here and what? do that for ratings, or at least you're not supposed to if you're a normal fucking human being, but there you go. Oh, bullshit. Um, oh, bullshit. What, every every sad sack who can't follow instructions should be fucking P. 
pitied? No, screw that. If you're dumb enough to mortgage your house, you deserve to to lose it, and I deserve to goddamn get ratings off of it. I have, we have built a platform. A keystone of Dangle Podcast is our hatred of cupcake shops. I'm just saying, like... This is a lot different than a cupcake shop, buddy. This six is six to a, one. You mortgage your house people... for a fucking cupcake shop that sinks. You're an idiot. Yes. Okay. Uh... I. I. You can amend that. I'm. I'm cool with that. But I. I don't think it's fair to mortgage your house to to try and play a game that's already rigged against you, and then get made fun of when you lose, because that's what exactly <laughs> so can, what it is. Can Can I ask you? Were you kind of astonished to see that Bill actually owns his house? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good, a, good, a, good. a little bit. Asshole. Only about fifty. No, only about fifty percent though. When you consider the fact that H- Hank is his best friend, so there's no way right. that Hank wouldn't have just badgered him, bullied him into, "Nope, this is what you're doing, and I know you can afford it because I'm the one that's helping you with your finances here." Hmm. So I don't know. With Hank as a friend, okay. I I'm not as surprised, but at the same time, like Bill does some stupid shit. I'm kind of astounded. Spoilers for you guys that are still watching the episode as you're listening to us. Was not expecting him to only have one bankruptcy. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. You called this pro out already, like, tangentially earlier, and it's that Castle Wolfhammer is definitely a Wolfenstein reference. Guys, go and play uh, Wolfenstein 3D or Spear of Destiny. They do not fucking hold up very well, but hot damn are they fun. And all you have to do is smash the letters M, L, and I as you're going through to get infinite health and ammo. Um, there's a pro tip from Johnny, and he's been on that since he was about five years old. Uh, so what pros. do I do on my Xbox? Because I suck No at fucking idea. Fucking... Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> oh, and this is this is old, like, DOS Wolfenstein. Are you talking about like, Wolfenstein? Is... I'm sorry, dude. I cut to... I thought... I was... I, I was doing Castlevania in my head. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, dude. Return to <laughs> Castle Christ. Wolfenstein. And so you're, it, yeah, you're halfway yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, old school id software stuff before they did Doom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro here, Mart. Spaghetti sandwich. That's about the most American fucking thing I can think of. Um, okay. Also, the most Texas thing I can think of. Just to, unless you you could throw some steak in there and make it even more. Um. My last pro here is that ultimately what ends this episode and what kills this entire like gravy train is greed. And you know what? That's uh, that's what the rich people of the world want is they want us to get greedy because they can sit and wait us out and then they can continue to collect and collect and just absorb all of our resources when we get too cocky and fail. Um, So play fucking conservatively. That's my, my that's my thing for you. If you want to go and invest, invest in mutual funds, invest in shit that's going to take forever to fucking mature because it means that you can just put it in there and forget about it. And then it'll be there when you're gone. It's not super volatile. You're not going to make a million fucking dollars off of it, but you know what? You'll have enough shit to retire. Just do that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to invest in shit that's going to take for fucking ever to mature, said Amanda when she decided to start dating me. (laughs) Yes. All right, you immature asshole. Give me your cons. <laughs> cons, candid camera. 
fuck you and your fucking hidden camera shows. I hate that shit. Ha ha, look at the person. Ha ha, look at how they react to unsure circumstances. Ha ha, let's make fun of them. What an asshole. Fuck you. Um. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Hank. Peggy has used Bill before, and this is by far the least worst way of it, man. Oh, like, remember right? Remember Bill Sales when she was, like, using him as her, like, personal, like... He's like Herbalife supplements or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like you know, yeah. And then you know we're good. We're gonna sell even more, Bill. Okay. Well, I don't know what positive reinforcement is. (laughs) Man, whatever. I don't know. Got the hiccups. I'm so mad. There's two Rob Schneider movies on at the same time on the TV. Johnny, what are they? Because I said Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and The Animal. I mean. Yeah, those are the only two I can think of where he's the star. So we're going to go with those. Fair enough. Um, This episode jumps the shark really bad. And it's it does it way too hard right there at the tech fair. At the tech fair. Like, I don't know. Um, the idea that it would take Bill all of two weeks to completely blow through an entire second mortgage and fuck himself. Yeah, just a little sketchy, right? Or am I... Yeah. Okay, good. Um, oh, no, it goes way too fast. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, or maybe not, because if he blows it all in one fucking option, because that Jim Cramer stand-in, David Cramer stand-in comes in and goes, you know, you blew your whole nut on one load, or whatever he says. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's dumb. I don't know. Um, There's a scene where Hank is literally fixing everything, but Hank has been fixing everything for 13 seasons. So how do we double down and help Hank fix everything? Well, now he's going to literally become the worst. Britta Perry it and, you know, therapize Bill. And we literally get fucking Bill laying on the couch with Hank sitting behind him therapizing. I'm just like, oh. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, Con spaghetti sandwich is fucking disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And then (laughs) sorry, I got the giggles. You're good. You're good. Just every now and then, like your reactions will break me. It's kind of you know what I mean. I bet. I bet you, honestly, buddy. I bet you would think it's so gross if they threw some meatballs in there. It's like a fucking yes, I sub. fucking would. Okay, 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 okay. Let's break this down. Really, <laughs> it's two pieces of what we can assume is a split French bread loaf that has been turned into garlic bread with goddamn spaghetti noodles with a little bit of sauce on it. So you're putting carb yeah. on carb with a little bit of sauce, but it's just enough sauce so that you can't like bite into it and it squishes out. Boy, John, I love the feeling of my food squishing out of itself when I eat it. Ooh, that just makes me enjoy it so much and doesn't make me think of like, oh my God, it's a ruptured hemorrhoid. Yeah, okay, you're right. I'm the problem. Actually, maybe I am the problem. I'm not sure. Oh, by the way, it's It's just like you're in a squid hentai, buddy. Ugh, God, it's not. It's like, what if I wanted eel soup the sandwich? That's what I think of. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Only our listeners, if you got that joke, let us know. Um, Finally, last con here. The giant black guy is on the clock. Why the fuck would he get a beer? You're not allowed. You know that Buck doesn't have a license anymore, so homeboy's driving back. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, those are my cons. What do you got, man? Uh, we hit my first one already. Peggy's description of Bill hurts me. Um, <laughs> just be, just because I don't I don't like imagining. I don't like I don't like the realization, the reality that I am as average as I am sometimes. Let me fucking imagine that I'm special. God damn it. Uh, cons. Hey, spaghetti hey, sandwich. You just passed your fucking. You passed your fucking Jedi trials. I'm proud of you, dude. You're, dude. You're a fucking Jedi Knight now. Do you realize that? That's so fucking like, canonically, John. You're a Jedi Knight. Like, <laughs> man, that's so fucking awesome. I'm sorry. Keep going. You're good. Uh, cons, Mark. Spaghetti sandwich. I live in Europe. That's the most disgusting fucking thing I could think of. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pro and Thank it's you. a con because damn it. Like I, it's it's a pro because I want to try it. I would make it. It's a con because I would make it and fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'd feel so fat. That's so much carbs. Like, okay, now is there a way, Mark? Is there a way to make this better? Like, if you did a, oh, what what is the fucking parm parmesan sauce? The fucking white parmesan sauce. A shrimp Alfredo. Alfredo. Would that make yeah. it better? You see, I thought about this, and my comeback is, like, maybe a ziti sandwich. Ooh, okay, okay. Because, like, it's smaller. Everything's smaller. The noodles are smaller, like... Yeah. I don't know. I also... It's also problematic to put pasta in sandwich form, because... I don't know. I think of, like, lasagna is basically, like sandwich in a pan if you don't think about it too hard so <laughs> okay okay i don't know yeah i mean i think i i really have grown fond of carbonara over here with like okay. uh, the the whipped up egg and stuff in it because it's yeah it's got some density to it i could do carbonara and like an angel hair pasta like i'm into that and some fresh okay. garlic like fuck yeah anyway spaghetti sandwich fuck and then you, you would that's put that on a sandwich <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this in my best Diedrich Bader voice, buddy. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. What would you do if you had a million dollars, Mark? A million dollars? I don't know. Two chicks at once? I'd probably turn off two Rob Schneider movies at the same time. I think I could make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mike Judge in jokes in Mike Judge. <laughs> Oh man! Oh God! Rob why Schneider. couldn't Diedrich Bader fucking be Jim Cramer, man? Oh my God! No, yeah. no, David Herman hate, but boy, well, I don't know. Maybe his voice is too like her, her, her. I don't know. Ooh. Mm. Nah, anyway, could sorry. Be. Yep. It just Rob Schneider, man. He is unfortunately probably the the one person that most of our generation now can can like associate with my own last name. Before my dad's generation, it was at least a fucking Dukes of Hazard. Mm. But now, John Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, exactly. Papa Pa Kent. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. The okay, I got two more here. Uh, the Bill conflict at the end is very preventable. Look at his fucking track record. Bill loses his money on stupid shit all the time. Why haven't you guys? Why haven't they put him under conservatorship at this point? Like. Seriously, why doesn't the alley have him under some sort of like actual like law protecting his fucking finances from himself? It's called Bill's Law. 
if you're dumb as shit and a pant load, your family puts a hold on your finances. No, that's called Britney's Law, Mark. We're just going to apply it to Bill. Leave Dotrieve alone. <laughs> My last one here, you already called it as a pro or as in your notes. I thought that suicide jab at Bill seems way too dark at the end with Dale leaving a gun <laughs> on his porch. It was too much for me. But also, I, I have done nothing but study mental health shit for the last two weeks, so maybe it's just not the time for me to hear a suicide joke. I guess I guess I just like Dale's pro stance of, you know, do what happens. Like, I mean, really... Really is the world worse off for... Okay, it's a, it, it's a wonderful Bill life, right? Uh, <laughs> if Bill is standing on the bridge and going to kill himself, does Clarence the Angel even show up where he's like, nah, dude, you're <laughs> just a pant load? <laughs> like, really? Does Clarence even like, show up, John? <laughs> like, yo, is cousin Violetta there? Yeah, I ain't coming. <laughs> He looks up. T- <laughs> oh, my God. I want to watch. I want to watch. It's a wonderful Dotrieve featuring Jill Bear, the angel, coming to co- convince <laughs> Bill that suicide is not the way to go. Instead, happiness lies in chocolate sandwich cookies. <laughs> Mark, note this down because I have zero fucking experience with uh, with Photoshop, but I know you do. You just made a meme, my friend. It is on my running list of memes to make for High Hammock. It's a wonderful <laughs> chocolate sandwich cookies. Jacques. Mark, do you have a favorite moment of this uh, this episode? Yeah, it's when I imagined a fucking streetcar named Desire with uh, Jill Bear being fucking Stanley Kowalski and him smacking Blanche LaBille in the face with chocolate sandwich cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always depended upon the kindness of strangers. We've had this date since the beginning, my sweet cousin Bale. Ha Lenore. It's even better because he's the one screaming Lenore. No. No, he's not. Instead of Stella. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's down there and he... Guillaume! Guillaume! <laughs> okay, this is the dumbest bit we've done. Listeners, if you're still with us, I don't have a favorite moment. It's question mark, question mark, question mark. How about you, buddy? Hot damn. Um, that's my first favorite moment here is three question marks. I, I put down maybe the Rasta dude that's eating chocolate covered potato chips with Bill. Like he gives him the sup like hand wave. And oh, also the stoner. The one where they make yeah. fun of the guy that likes weed. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. sidebar. Did you look up chocolate covered potato chips? Because they're fucking raunchy, dude. That sounds awful. Because I can just imagine oh. they're like straight up regular Lay's just dipped in fucking chocolate. Well, in some cases, you'd be right. But also, uh, Calbee's makes a chocolate-covered potato chip exclusively for Japan. Okay. Um, Utz makes chocolate-covered daisies, which are potato chips, just covered in it. Okay. But also, Lay's makes a wavy milk chocolate-dipped potato chip. and Oh, what's a wavy Lay even? 
Oh yeah, that is just the most that's, offensive that's a, thing. That's a dense bitch. That's see, that's why I want just a regular classic lay because at least it's like almost no potato. Well, well, but so now we go down a further rabbit hole. I don't know if you're a Ben and Jerry's kind of guy, Johnny. Mm, on occasion. They made an ice cream with a chocolate-covered potato chip. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was gnarly. <laughs> it definitely Con, sounds like chocolate-covered potato chips. How the fat fact do you that this wasn't just America? a bit. Carb on carb spaghetti sandwich and chocolate-covered potato chips. I'm gonna let you uh, disgust yourself by continuing to look at that, and I'm gonna tell these fine folks about our rating system because I think we're there. I think that's a good idea. At the very bottom of our ratings, we have a charcoal. Charcoal episode of King of the Hill is an absolute and total failure. It is so dirty, it leaves soot underneath your boy's fingernails. This is an episode that is not rewatchable whatsoever, and you're going to skip it on your next go through the go through the show. After that, you got a Megalo, and a Megalo is one step up, but it doesn't feel so good. Megalo episodes have a little bit better stuff in them than a charcoal, but they're still also pretty much a failure of an episode of King of the Hill. They don't represent the show very well. It's it's very apparent that somebody just doesn't care about continuity, or they're just phoning in a a, a pre-washed, uh, you know, plastic fantastic sitcomy trope we've seen a million times in a million other shows. It's just not very good. After that, you got your butane, and a butane is a bastard gas, just like this episode. It's a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Half of this is good, half of this is bad. Most of the time, you're just going to kind of let it play in the background, but Butane episodes, put plain and simple, they're watching. They're just average episodes of King of the Hill. Um, we have, we've had a lot of Butanes, we've had a lot of Butanes lately, which tells you that the quality has definitely dipped in its later seasons, but hey, if it's still watchable, that's something to be said about this show. After that, you get your exceptional episodes, which are our Char Kings. A Char King is uh, everything you want in a King of the Hill episode. It's got great guest stars, a really fun story. Maybe it takes the sitcom trope and twists it a little bit and does something kind of fun or unique. Uh, a Char King is, uh, is truly a special episode of King of the Hill, and when Mark and I both agree that an episode's a Char King, becomes an Imperial. It's a rating that we reserve for those episodes that you can sit down and enjoy and love more than almost any other episode of King of the Hill, so long as you have the context behind it and you know the characters a little bit. Because without that little bit of context, you're just going to miss some stuff. Now, episodes that you don't need context for that are also going to be the greatest things you've ever seen, those are our blue flame of valor. This is the highest level of achievement you can give a King of the Hill episode. Mark and I, we're kind of stingy with these. And I, I have to say, we may have one more left in the chamber for the end of this series, but you never know. One could come and surprise us. Blue Flames of Valor are the episodes that you show to people that have never seen King of the Hill, and you say, this, this is why I watch this show. You should watch this with me. Come and check out this. This is my favorite episode. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, what do you give a bill full of, bo- full of dollars? Uh, I'm giving it a megalo. This is a real turd of an episode, but there are shiny, shiny moments of goodness. I'm not going to put it on. It's stupid. It's so unbelievable. Okay. Like, the jump the shark resolution at the end of, oh, I want to go bankrupt too. Okay, shut up. I just, none of it. Like, even the A plot, even the A sub one that turns into the B sub under A, I don't know what you call it, with the TV and Hank and Bobby, that shit's obnoxious. Like, I don't know. Okay. I don't, there's just not, a, there's enough in here for me to 
you know, let it be on, but I'm not putting it on. I don't like it. It's just there. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I give it a butane. It's not much better, but to me, this is it's it's watchable. Um, this is definitely a leave it on in the background type of episode. I'm not going to look up very much, if at all, ever. Um, maybe when it comes to watching a bunch of fat ass Texans eat spaghetti sandwiches, because I thought it was funny. They animated so much of that. This is watchable, but it, it feels like a retread of like four different episodes that we've already seen, right? We've already seen yeah. Bill lose all of his money and practically become destitute. We've already seen Peggy take advantage of Bill. We've already seen like Min and Dale and and Peggy all taking advantage. Like we we've seen this already so much. We've seen Hank and Bobby bond over something like weird and irrational like this, where they're just like both uncomfortable because, well, that's my boy and my boy's just like me. I, we, we've mm-hmm. just seen it a million times, right? I, my last line here, yeah. we've seen Bill suck at so many things. Why is this any different? Why does this stand out? It doesn't. It, so it's a butane. Butane. All right. Right on. Yeah. Well, w- would I, uh, you say I say that um, the King of the Hill stock is crashing, Johnny? It is. It is definitely crashing. I mean, we might need to uh, might need to go in and light the spiritual fire mark. And uh, a pray to the the god Wimatanya in order to save it in our next episode. Wimatanya, Wimatanya, Wimatanya. Woo, loo, loo. <laughs> this is episode 242, Straight as an Arrow. I'm talking like John Redcorn, even though he doesn't make an appearance in this episode. But its original air date was November 30th, 2008. This was written by Tony Gamalobo. And Rebecca May. And you know what? Those guys totally never paid me for my gig that I did for them as Big Mountain Fudge Cake. Mark, what were they doing that they couldn't pay me? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my terrible John Redcorn for you. Johnny, you may remember Gamma Lobo and May from the terrible episode The Courtship of Joseph's Father, in which my son was made to play middle school football at a preppy middle school. It hurt me, Johnny. Once again, the white man has taken my son, and Gamma Lobo and May do not respect my people. (laughs) All right, I'm not going to keep it up for the whole cast of characters here. Uh, But our cast this episode, thank you for that. Our cast this episode is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dutrieve, Boomhauer, Wesley Cherish, Annette Cherish, Robin and Carrie Cherish, Jack, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Nancy Gribble, Min and Khan Supanusimpone, non-speaking roles from Mud Dobber and Elvin Mackleston, and apparently somewhere, he said, people in the wiki really like this last season because they're they're eagle-eyed. Uh, because somebody saw a poster cameo for Monsignor Martinez, and I did not notice it in the episode. We'll hit it, my pros. Awesome. I'm glad you did that. That makes me real happy. Uh, synopsis for this episode, Mark. We see the resurgence of the Order of the Straight Arrow. Peggy wants to be Arlen's welcome wagon lady, and Luann and Lucky collect their wedding gifts. Our A story here is Peggy, Hank, and Bobby. B story is Lucky and Luann, and I th- I would say this is a pretty well-separated B story. Um, 100%, yeah, in, yeah. What, three to four vignettes, if you will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it does a pretty good job here. Uh... Give me some of your notes, man. Start us off. Um, Some of my notes. Number one. Ah, oh, shit. It's Luann. Where'd she come from? She just popped up at that fucking tea party. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> out of nowhere. At the two-minute mark, I am out on this episode. That is just a note that I had. I stopped it. It's when Luann pops up and starts talking about her fucking wedding presents, and I'm just, I'm already checked out. Oh, no. <laughs> I wrote the note, don't do what Donnie don't does, because I was thinking about a Simpsons episode more than I was watching this episode. Egghead likes his bookie book. <laughs> I don't know who you magic pixies are, but I like your pixie drink. You and I have been doing this for two years, and I had no idea you were sitting on that good of a Barney Gumble. I'm kind of pissed off at you. I'm not going to lie. That was a... Hear that? Hear that? <laughs> I wish I could belch like Barney. It is... Seriously... I'm telling you right now, that would be my monkey's paw. Like, if I got a monkey's paw wish, that's what it would be, because there's no way it could backfire. Every every single time I had to belch, I would belch like Barney Gumble. Like, I'd want every single time I burp to sound like that. I'd never get tired of it. (laughs) Um, This is a note. I had written a cold open if you hadn't started our cold open, and I was going to tell you all about the time I went to save a man's life whose appendix was about to burst, but instead I had my rubber pocket knife (laughs) on me and he died. Oh, man. (laughs) Don't do what Donnie Don't does. Man, they don't let him have any fun. (laughs) Um, We Matanye, question mark? Do we... Do we need to just take a beat here and go, we don't remember the episode, Order of the Straight Arrow? So, I have... Okay, this is in my so, notes. Do you mind if I jump in on here? Bitter. So, I my note here specifically is, did Bobby or Hank teach the kids about Wematanya? Because we know that Wematanya is not an Order of the Straight Arrow staple. It is something very specific to Bobby and his troop. Because they got it from Redcorn. It's from Redcorn's right. tribe. He talks right. about Wimatanya and spirit bags. Mm-hmm. And the kids are just going to eat that shit up just like the spirit sticks, which are actually Slim Jims. I may have cheated and watched this episode very recently. Um, <laughs> Yay, you're watching Old King of the Hill again. That's great. That's great. That's fly, that's good. That means spirit, that like... Taste the wind. <laughs> woo, loo, loo. Woo, loo, loo. So I just I had to know if Bobby is the one that that does that teaches them about Wematanya. Now my head canon is that this technically happened to Bobby. If we look back as far as how much he has aged in thirteen seasons, about a year and a half to two years previous, and yeah. it was a huge moment for him with him and his dad, where he got to see the bird spirit, which was supposed to be dead, rise and go away, and his dad wasn't pissed off at him. And the, the cops didn't get him in trouble or any of that shit. I have to imagine he told that story to all these kids. Like, when I was in in Order of the Straight Arrow, this is what happened to me. I'm so glad to be back here. And then they all just, like, lost their shit and loved this story about Wimatanya. And now they do that at their little hand thing. Okay. Okay. I have to imagine Bobby's the ringleader here. Because otherwise, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't think it makes any sense at all. It seems like... Okay, so here's my problem. We talk a lot of shit about Gamma Lobo and May, like, all the time. We don't like them. They're, they are by far our worst riding pair. They're worse than Craig. They're, you know, they're, we just don't like them. But at the same time, they've been around since the beginning. So, like... 
Okay. They remember all this shit. So they'd remember they'd remember Order of the Straight Arrow, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I cuz I just took it as they just because like they don't talk about how Bobby was in it like they don't mention Yeah. They don't mention when they're sitting on the deck like, "Oh, I want to get my boys into Straight Arrow." Oh, yeah, my boy was in that. He killed a whooping crane. It was great. Yeah, like we don't even mention it. We don't <laughs> even talk about it, which I guess why would you? But like so I wonder if this is just out of context. I mean, okay, and as long as we're here, um, so Luann talks about they were married six months ago, which means she is now seven months pregnant. Just saying. She yeah. looks real fucking good. So, like, continuity means literally less than it is meant in an entire... This is the least continuity matters episode in season 13. I'm just going to call. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I totally cut you off there. Oh, no, wait. That was me. I'm sorry. Never mind. We have a no, target. So, my notes. I'm going crazy. This should be a good episode, right? Question mark? It should be, right? It hits a lot of the notes. Like. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It also has that You're kind not of going vibe. crazy. Okay. It also has that vibe I don't, that I, I just, had. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to preemptively shoot my load here when I talk about pros and cons because. I have an argument as to why this is a better episode that you want to give it credit for, but it's definitely disjointed. So, okay. I mean, I'll get there eventually, but I don't I don't want you to think that you're crazy for questioning if this is a good episode or not, because I think to a point, up to a point, it's not. It's a fucking bad episode. Well, and I then back it's got Hank's... a moment where it turns. All right. I, I Okay, that makes sense. I go back to Hank's bully when I was so conflicted about it and like, we kind of turned out to love it. I think we like, uh, Imperial that one, but like, I think we did. <laughs> I go back to that. And it's like, this is how King of the Hill would be done now. If like King of the Hill is going to get rebooted or like mm-hmm. Hank's traditional, whatever of the Hill isms are no longer appropriate. And he's made to bear the consequence of it because the one kid can't have sugar and the other kid can't have sugar because all our kids got to have shit wrong with them in 2010. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is our worst Luann, right? If I had to cite an episode where I hated Luann more than any... The the most I've hated Luann, this is it. This is in 200 however many episodes... Or 100 however many episodes you and I have done. This is it. This is my... This is the worst Luann. I hate her. She's not pregnant. Like, they... I don't know. Whatever. Continuity. K. We always say we don't care about it anymore. I care. I'm sorry. Especially out of Gamma Lobo and May. They've been here since the beginning. They know. They know fucking yeah. better than this. And yet, here we are. Um, finally, this is a question I'm going to pose to you. And I think I'm going to put it up on the uh, subreddit, too. Because I genuinely want to know what people think about this. Out of Bill, Boomhauer, and Dale, who is the most immune to pepper spray? Ooh. Assuming that both Boomhauer uh, and Bill would have gotten trained on it, Bill in the army, he would have had that like anti um oh I can't think of what it's called, but like that anti chemical training where they throw you in the room with the pet like they just throw you in a room with like you no know, tear gas. Yeah. Boomhauer would have yeah. done the same thing being a cop if he is in fact a cop at yeah, all. Yeah, they give I'm him assuming. the Yeah, they give him the less than lethal uh training, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do that. But then also Dale has been, you know, there's a substance on the inside of his lungs from breathing in years of whatever we don't know. So is Dale the most immune? <laughs> I don't know. Back. Yeah, he wants that he wants the substance back. So who is the most immune to pepper spray? And I don't have an answer because I honestly think all three of the guys in th- are like 
at least like 40% resistant to it anyway. Okay. So just based off of how it's animated, I'm going to say Bill. Because they all seem to have taken it like the pretty much at the, with the same amount, right? Like they all seem yeah. to be dealing with it the same way. But there's definitely a moment where he sprays all three of them. But Bill stays standing for an extra like three seconds and gets another three seconds worth in the right the gob. Okay, okay. <laughs> so and just purely based off of animation, there like if you go back and watch it, he's just he just stands up and gets hit with it long. Okay, okay. I spent a lot of time thinking about that today. Um, what are your notes, buddy? Uh, let's see here. Mark, what does Arlen have against the AIDS walk? Why couldn't they figure that out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they have anything against it. I just don't think it worked. Like, there was always something coming up and... Okay. Um... I just, it was a funny line to me because it was just like, that's, that's a weird thing for you guys to just not support here. doesn't really make sense, but okay. If it was something like, you know, vegans or, uh, I don't know, shit, save, save the animals or I don't know, something like that. It looks like most AIDS walks start, start on October 15th. You know what else happens on October 15th? Fucking high school and middle school homecoming football games. <laughs> okay. No. So high school football, that is a legit thing here. Um, I'm not giving uh, Gamma Lobo and May the the, the points here because there's no fucking way they knew that and wrote it into that. No, um, that just happens to be a very nice coincidence. We're we're making this work for them. Yeah. Um. Okay. My next one here. I want to be able to use the reasoning. I prefer romantic gifts to practical gifts on people that aren't inclusive to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love the idea of, sure, I did. I bought you a star. Nobody fucking does that. Like, I, I always think back to the Seinfeld episode where George fakes that he has he donated a bunch of money to people in the name of the human fund. And I'm like, that's the best fucking scam. Because nobody ever calls, like, nobody would ever call you out on it. They just go, wow, that was super cool of you. You didn't, you didn't get me anything, but at least you didn't get me something I have to throw out or donate now. <laughs> All right, I like it. <laughs> you know, it's a perfect office yeah. gift. Human fund. Um, I already know the answer to this, but Mark, what's your favorite quote predatory sport? Like you know, football, hockey, tag, hockey. <laughs> I figured. I very much figured. Um, I don't know if I. I don't know what my favorite sport is, man. Like I really don't. I like them all. Yeah. Like, is it oh, kind of depends hey, on, on the day? Goddamn, goddamn Green Bay Packers just beat Kansas City Chiefs last night. Fucking, and the Broncos did can't they? beat them. So, so, so by the transitive property, we really didn't lose to Denver all those weeks ago. <laughs> it's the perfect Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle is what it is, right? Yeah, I think the final score was like 27 to 19 or something. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it was. I'm happy that Green Bay won. Texted back and fuck- forth. Dude, fuck the Chiefs. Sorry, guys. I like Kansas City. It's a you're a really nice town, but you you all care way too much about fucking Taylor Swift to like for me to give a shit. So also, Johnny, do not. Okay, we we can't fucking alienate Taylor Swift. Like we need those numbers. We can't. Hey, I'm a Swifty. Um, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> 
I'm going to start <laughs> quoting uh, fucking Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman and calling her Tate off Switler because I think it's funny. That was like 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. And I still remember. I remember, Mark. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, anyway. I'm, hey, hey, Kevin Smith will never hear anything you and I do. Okay. Stop simping for daddy. He doesn't care about us, Johnny. <laughs> he doesn't fucking care. You hear that, Kevin? We don't care anymore. Watch, I'm going to get a cameo that just says, by the way, I listened. Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> I don't want a cameo because then you're paying him to say it. Like, Also, talking a fucking, you know, romantic gift versus practical. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, I So anyway, we're, we're back on the fucking farm here. Um, my favorite predatory sport at the moment is definitely, I mean, it's either European football. I am very much enjoying the Bundesliga this season, even though my team finally fucking won a second game. It's only match day 12, guys, out of 36. It's a third the way through the season. They've only won twice. Way to go. Um, or it is uh, basketball, honestly. Okay. Like, watching the Nuggets play lately has been a lot of fun, and I'm not normally a basketball guy, but... I got real into the the semifinals and the finals of the NBA. Um, I've been following them pretty consistently on ESPN. Like, it's some good shit. I fucking love watching Jokic. That, Jokic, that dude is fucking crazy. Okay, okay. Very fun. Um, we already talked about Wimitanya, and let's see here. Bobby's handheld video game that he's playing Face Puncher on. Yeah. It's not, it's not Kick Puncher. That's Community. It's Face it's Puncher, It's uh, right? Face Kicker. It's Face Kicker, yeah. Face... Face kicker. Thank you very much. Um, uh, anyway, it's his handheld thing looks like a mix between a Game Boy and a Game Gear. You remember Game Gear, Mark? No. Like, all the... It was the uh, Game Boy, like... It was the Sega competitor right? for the Game Boy. Oh, I guess I don't remember Game Gear so, then, no. Game... Game Gear was the Sega competitor for the Game Boy. It had a D-pad and six buttons, just like a Genesis controller. And it had a screen in the middle, but it had it took six double A's instead of four. And the second you fucking dropped it, it died forever. Holy shit. But you got basically full ports of the first three Sonic games on it that were pretty much exactly like they were on the TV. And so it was much more powerful than a Game Boy. It's it's cool. Check it out. Like it fucking huge. Um but yeah, anyway, I just Why I, aren't you investing in Sega instead of Game Boy or instead of Nintendo, man? Like goddamn. Uh, fuck, I sh- I really should. Um as far as handhelds go cuz I co- I love collecting handhelds. I think you know that about me. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast. Guys, I like collecting old uh video game consoles, but handhelds are my favorite. I still don't have a fucking Game Gear because they're hard to find and they're even harder to find where they still function. Because, like, they were fragile as fuck. <laughs> I need that, and I need a virtual boy. Um, last one here, I just happened to notice, Mark, um, All of out of all the wedding gifts that they finally show at the very end, the at, like, last piece of that little vignette, do you notice one common theme between them all? Cozy kitchen? They're all cozy kitchen. <laughs> I Thank bet Peggy's done that shit in the garage. <laughs> right? Peggy's just like, fine, if you don't want to give him anything, just come and buy something from me. <laughs> uh, th- anyway, that's my notes. Uh, what do you got for pros, man? Uh, my pros. Uh, we got a call back to order the straight arrow. I just... 
whether or not I like Gamma yeah. Lobo and May, at least they care enough to make us remember when King of the Hill was like better than its current beleaguered state. And I'm not trying to be mean to current King of the Hill. Yeah. But at the same time, like no. there is a definite marked difference in quality here. You watched the episode. I went and listened to you and I watching that episode on episode two of Dangle Podcast. Um, you and I were so young. We were so dumb. We didn't know how to fucking run a show. It was amazing. But like, <laughs> I like the callback to it because you know what? This is effectively 12 years later. Fine. Call back to a thing. Do the Simpsons thing of, oh yeah, you kids are 10 years old. So you weren't alive in the nineties cause it's 2023. Fine. I don't care. Do that. That's cool. You're doing that. I don't care. Just do it. You, you did a call back to a thing instead of something else dumb. It could have been a lot worse. Um, yeah. moving forward, I will refuse to call Luann and Lucky separate people. They are now lucky. And to that end, I love, uh, Dale beating out lucky at their own game with the, I bought you a star. And then he jumps in the bug and hides. Good job. Dale. <laughs> you did it. Bro. I love my KitchenAid blender. It's a great blender. My lady got it for me last year. I still need to bust out the sausage attachment and make some fucking sausage, but still. Um, blenders are a great wedding gift. And if you don't get married, then maybe your lady will buy one for you too, guys. Just maybe, just maybe. Um, finally. Yeah, stand you... blenders are dope. Oh, they're so, <laughs> dude, I love mine so much. Um, finally, you mentioned Monsignor Martinez. He appears in the library on a poster that says, Via con libros, which means go with books. <laughs> It's on the exit That's door amazing. when the kids escape. And you had mentioned that the subreddit was, or the, the wiki was calling it out. And that's that's where it is. Yeah. Via con libros is a great way to do that. That makes me really happy. Yeah. It was a, again, I don't know the last time we've actually seen Monsignor Martinez in an episode. It's been way too long for me to remember. But here we go. So Gamma Lobo and May at least remember things. Like, even if they don't yeah. remember what continuity is. Okay, cool. Uh, what do you got, buddy? Uh, for pros here, first off is Lucky's collection of bachelor glasses. Because, goddamn, do I feel <laughs> like I had that collection of bachelor glasses up until I moved all my shit to Europe? I was That's gonna when say, I finally got rid of them all. I was going to say, I remember, like, sitting around with you when we lived together and, like, drinking coffee out of beer mugs. Like, uh-huh. I had that giant kiss oh, yeah, army Just mug. because we could. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what uh-huh. no, because that's what we fucking had. Like, yeah, oh yeah, my mom for my twenty first birthday got me a, a pewter mug that had a top, like a like a straight up uh, Stein pewter yeah. Stein that had a, a topper to it, and it had the letters A and H engraved on them. And she said, "I found this at an estate sale. Um, I know A and H are not your initials, but it's it's supposed to remind you that when you drink, don't be an asshole." And I'm like, okay. I'm in for that. Like, I totally get it. Right on. Um, I'm right pretty on. sure. I'm pretty sure it wasn't pewter, and that it was actually lead because I definitely was markedly stupider whenever I drank out of it. So, eh, it's fine. I love my mom, and I appreciate that she goes to these lengths to not totally make me feel like a weirdo for enjoying alcohol, just because other people in my fucking family can't handle it. Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> Peggy. Fuck uses that generational the trauma, John. Arm. You fucking do you, buddy. You abuse yes. shit on your own terms. Um, Mark, Peggy uses the term Arlenians instead of Arlenites, and Whoa. it makes me very fucking happy. Whoa. Where? Where does she? I missed that line. Where does she do that? It's So it's when she is talking about the welcome lady 
the welcome wagon lady stuff, it's either right before she meets the new people or as she is talking to them. She says something about, and us Arlenians. And I'm like, yes, you said the right one. <laughs> it's, so it's in there. It's in there somewhere. It's pretty early. First act of the of the show. <laughs> um, Hank is absolutely right in this. And it should be a pro that he is pushing for these kids to learn more practical skills. That was always the most fun shit in, in Scouts when I was doing it. Um, yeah, like learning how to be respectful to old people and and like learning how to sew is kind of fun i guess like eh, it's, it's fine is what it is but when you got to go out and like make plaster casts of, of footprints and shit in the mud or start fires or like learn how to pitch a tent uh, i promise i'm not getting weird and sexual with this um like scouts was a lot of fun when you got to get down into it and do some weird shit when you uh, weren't doing what Donnie Dote did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, when you spent three fucking, like, weeks in a row just basically hand-sanding a chunk of wood to kind of look like a fucking car that you could stab a couple of wheels onto. Because uh, that's really all it was, was a couple of plastic fucking wheels and some, like, pins. Um, <laughs> it's badass. Uh, but, yeah, like, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Okay. And so I appreciate that Hank is trying to teach them practical skills. That's what's going to keep kids in Order of the Straight Arrow. Um, I like the angle that Lucky and Luann use Mud Dauber and uh, fuck Elvin. Sorry, I couldn't yep. remember his name. I like that You're they good. use muscle to get their gifts out of people. I also appreciate that they go and wake up Con and Min at three o'clock in the morning, basically going, "You want to fuck with me now? You can fuck with me now." They're basically proving their redneckiness of their neighbors. Um. I have it all bold here. We Matanya, because it made me very fucking happy to hear the, the kids say it because it was a nice throwback. And my last pro here is that I think the third act is what saves this episode. Um, okay. The third act of this show. So this is what I was talking about earlier. The third act of this episode is what saves it because it's a very classic King of the Hill trope, right? Hank is teaching the kids how to be resourceful. We get a really cool montage of him showing the kids, this is how you track things through the woods. This, I'm going to teach each and every one of you, like a different one of you, how to use this skill. We're all going to come together collectively. Bobby picks up on it in the end and does the, the face kicker noises to, to lure the kids out and, and snare them. Like it's, It seems like a very good King of the Hill ending where he rallies everybody around him to a, a good common purpose and they end up winning in the end. So I really appreciate that, but I also appreciate the fact that he gets called out and then accepts the fact that, oh, uh, if your kid has got like issues with their digestion and one of them's got ADHD, I probably shouldn't have given them sugar. Like he owns it. He doesn't go, well, you should just like, they just need to be kids. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry. Sorry. I fucked that up a little bit. That's me. <laughs> like. You know, he, he like, he owns it. And that's also a very Hank Hill thing to do. Like, he takes the responsibility for it. So, um, I really liked the last third of this episode. Like, I perked up and really started enjoying it. And so, okay. um, just based off of that, the, probably the last six, seven minutes of it changed my rating of this episode. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry, there's a lot of lot of words there. No, uh, no, you're good. Boy, I you I like no, I like that. I like that you're. <laughs> Whereas I am a negative freight train of dick, you are at least trying to like 
pick out the good moments here. All right, all right. Um, I'm trying. So I haven't. Huh? Hold on. Before we get into yeah, cons, yeah, 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 I yeah. haven't found. I haven't had an episode for a while now where I could find something like this to enjoy. Like it, everything really? has been so just banal and fucking just generic to me. I I was really stoked to see something I could actually pick out and go, oh shit, I actually g- genuinely like this. So, yes. Huh. Anyway, sorry. I just like when no. you think about it. Fuck, dude. How many weeks in a row have I given nothing but fucking butanes? Yeah. <laughs> like it's butane yeah, yeah. city for me. Well, and now I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going back and looking now. Yeah, you are a sad gray boy, John. Like it's been a while since I've liked anything more than a butane. The last no, it has been because the last thing you gave a blue flame to was Bill Bulk and the Bodies. Bill, mm, Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies, season eleven, episode eleven. Like, mm-hmm. You you blue flamed that well, one. Well, shit. What was the last time you I blue flamed what was the last Blood Shark King sauce. I gave? Um. Last like straight sharking you gave was Grand Theft Auto or was Grand Theft Arlen season eleven episode eight. Okay. So yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure season twelve didn't get anything higher. If I remember right, didn't get anything higher than a Buking from me. So your Buking's really quick. I'm just gonna rattle those. them off. So your Buking's really quick. Life of Losers manual. Uh, pour some sugar on Khan. Lady and gentrification. The men who knew too much. Raising the stakes. I think that maybe you're just grumpy. Maybe. But maybe, maybe I'm, I'm tired, boss. I said it last episode. I'm tired. Like we're getting to a point now where you have to wow me in order to get me to fucking perk up. And the last bit of this is it's reminiscent of old King of the Hill. And that's what I want. So it makes you, know? you I don't want to see. Yeah. yeah like I, fuck, dude, maybe it's just the nostalgia factor of this. The fact okay. that we get to see like we have two quality in my mind. Now we have gotten two quality um, order of the straight arrow episodes. Because the fact that they they build like they use the Wimitanya stuff, but they build on it into this episode and teach Bobby more shit with all these other kids, like it's like a nice little two episode arc of hey, we could watch just the Order of the Straight Arrow episodes now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know? Okay. Okay. So, anyway, um, I totally like sabotaged you. You were gonna get into your cons, buddy. Oh, dude, no sabotage at all. I. I'm glad you're here, dude. Like, because I've been a barrel of joy lately, and you're like, no, everything got to be a butane. Ah, I hate it all. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, <laughs> you didn't go on a four-minute rant this week me. about something that pissed you off, so I'm glad you're here. It's been a minute. It's been a minute <laughs> since you weren't angry, Jane. <laughs> You can in a year's time you can look back on this episode and go, oh yeah, that's when like all my shit kind of came together and I was all right. Yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, um, <laughs> cons the welcome wagon. Leave me the fuck alone. Don't talk to me. Don't approach me. Don't come to my house. If I want to know your name, I will ask you. In spoilers, I'm not going to ask your name. Go away. I will memorize what car you drive and where you live so that I can time my escaping from my house based on when you leave yours. Next. Six kids. Oh, my God. Fuck you. (laughs) There's a whole bit where, like, Hank is all butthurt because they're building their little, like, you know, fireplace or, or fire pits in the library and it... 
this is so stupid. Uh, and, you know, Bobby, it's a roaring inferno, Dad, right? But, like, right. okay, fuck you, Hank. This is 2009. What are you going to go, like, fucking light a fire in the parking lot? You can't do that. Like, where? you tell me. You tell me where you're going to go light a fire. You tell me where lighting a fire is appropriate, and then I will tell you if you're, well, you're a fucking sissy, holds up. Because it doesn't. Like, there's a certain justification in the way that Andy Richter does this shit. Also, our guy is Andy Richter. I like Thank Andy you. Richter. Yeah. Uh, we didn't Thank call you for calling out. it out. I'm dropping the ball here. No, you're good. I, I was just like, oh shit, we're in the cons. We didn't mention our guest star. Um, Andy Richter, like, yeah, he's a fucking pussy. But like, you know, I, where, Hank, where are you going to do this shit? And it is only fucking writing ex machina that the community center slash library, wherever they're holed up in, um, has a forest behind it to go track fucking Robin right. and carry through. Like... Ah, I okay. Was that a fart? No. <laughs> I thought you ripped ass and your headset picked it up, and I was like, "Wow, that was angry, John." Do you? Okay, no. sorry. <laughs> I finished my beer, so maybe it was me swallowing my beer. <laughs> We're slurping. Okay, 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 okay. I really hope uh, the mic picked it up. Fuck. <laughs> my headset picked it up, so I was like, "Wow." There's that, <laughs> there's that one from when you fucking visited like the very, 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 very first ever dangle recording that you did in the think hole. And we were like on, we were taking a break, but the recording was still running because we didn't know what we were doing yet. And I went and hung a piss and you're like, Hey, Mark in the future, can you hear this? And you ripped the loudest fucking fart into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A fucking genius sometimes you, you were yeah no i was like hanging a piss and you're in the thing calling that because as i was editing i was just like you know like you, there's you know you and i like get up to hang a piss or something in midstream and like there'll be a you know noted lack in any audio and so i just cut to where there starts to be audio again but it's really you going hey mark you're in the bathroom but i hope you can hear this and you just rip the loudest wettest fart it's great <laughs> That's a co- that's a pro for me. God, that was so long ago. We were so young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did fucking Andy Richter say he sleeps in a family bed and the kids miss him in the family bed? Fuck you. Because <laughs> he did. He fucking did. And then finally, the ideas of humans buying stars. It's like this weird idea of like colonialism meets capitalism but like you can't fucking back it up so like yeah sure dale gribble might have bought you like the third star out of you know antares but like you can't go there you can't enforce your fucking policy so it literally means nothing but then also like so what happens when aliens come to earth and it's like we are from here and you're like oh yeah my buddy mark bought that star for my wife on her birthday what yeah she's technically your queen and like there you go. J-Ray is now queen of the Venusians. <laughs> it's asinine. What do you got for me, buddy cons? Um, I only have two here. Um, First one is that Bobby is easily, like, almost jarringly older than at least half of the kids in this fucking group, right? He seems way too old to be doing this. Um, Very infantilized Bobby, right? Well, like, and maybe it's because I, I associate this with a literal younger Bobby from the first season. Like, that's the last time we saw him doing this sort of crap. 
he hadn't matured yet. He hadn't done any of his teenagery stuff yet. And now he, he immediately comes back to it. And yeah, infantilizes the shit out of himself. I hate it. Um, but it's a huge con to me because it's like, he's like the biggest fucking kid there. Yeah. And like, what, what is this? Like, do we have a, a, a Lenny situation? Do we need to keep the rabbits away from Bobby? Because if I was those kids, that's what I'd be thinking of. Like he's like <laughs> twice your, some of those kids size. Um, I really, I really wanted to see there's that, like, he's, he's a Brown kid and I'm 900% sure it's um Phil Lamar voicing it, but Okay. I really wanted to see that kid instead be Ramon Alejandro. Like, just one of them. Just Clark okay. Peters or Dooley or Ramon or fucking Kid Hauer. I don't care. One of them Just give us there. a familiar face. Yeah, just one more of them because this is Bobby. Yeah, it's, it's what you're saying. Like, this is, you know, fucking 23-year-old Bobby because, you know, timeline. But, like he's not a kid anymore and he feels weird and out of place. So put one of his classmates in there. Fuck put Connie in there. That would be great to put Connie in there because like con wanted to have like more extracurriculars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I shit dude. I'd love that. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a big one for me. Not like a big, big one, but a big one for me. Um, and my, my last one here is I get to use a King of the Hill joke that I absolutely love. In a different, two of them actually, two jokes in different context. Okay. So, do you do you recall that Hank is in the alley with the guys and he's dressed up in his uniform because Bill makes a comment about Bill or Dale makes a comment about how they won't even let him wear pants. Yes. Okay, so you're picturing this scene correctly, right? Yes. Uh, I have a question and then an observation for you, Mark. First, why is Hank wearing the hat? he's wearing the stupid fucking hat and he doesn't need to be like he's wearing the scout leader hat and it looks so terrible my observation mark he looks like a jackass (laughs) (laughs) i had a i had a separate observation there um did you Hank walks out in his uh, straight arrow get up and, you know, Bill goes, they won't even let him wear shorts. And Dale goes, boy toy. And Hank goes, boy toy. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Boy toy. (laughs) Boy toy. I don't know how Dale would say boy toy. It's it's a thinker. Boy toy. But that's a thinker. (laughs) Anyway, I I just like it's a. It's not really a con. It was an excuse to make a fucking throwback joke, too, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I have one of those stupid paperboy hats, and I wear it all the time here. And every time I put it on, I go, I look like a jackass. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Who knows? If you could put three images on our poster, maybe I'll send you one with me and my hat. I need a headshot for the website. And also I there need a three go. quarter I, I need a three quarter profile of you looking up and left to put you on Mountain High Hammock more because our banner is just uh, the four of you. us like etched in stone. Okay. So, okay. You know. I could dig that. Uh anyway, those are the that's the rest of my cons here. Do you got a favorite moment from the episode, Mark? 
Um, the last ten minutes because I laughed more at you and I than I did at this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how about you, buddy? Um, I do have one, and it's okay. How about we make a dream catcher? Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Hank's very blunt. That sounds awful. Fuck you. (laughs) You know how, like, you know how the subreddit always does that? If you could put one swear in King of the Hill, where would you do it? There, right there. That sounds fucking awful. (laughs) You see? Perfect. There you go. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, buddy, you want to give me a rating? Do Ooh. yours first. Well, okay, so here's my problem. My rating is literally three letters, I-D-K, so give me yours, and maybe you can ground me a little bit here. Okay. So, scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, I gave straight as an arrow a king. So, it's it's not good enough to be a char king to me. Um, okay. It was a butane for most of this episode, but that ending, it super picked it up. I love that Hank takes responsibility when Wesley calls him out. I love that we get the little montage of Hank training all the little kids and then following him around and going, that's right. This is this is a good Hank as a teacher moment, right? We we love to call those out because Ooh, Hank as a teacher is always a fucking good, fuck good thing. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay. We'll <laughs> keep going. Yep. 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 Right. Ooh, okay. um, and so like we get and we get a good moment here, a good five minutes or so. Like, well, maybe not five minutes, at least a good three minutes of him teaching the kids how to track through the woods and how to go up and look and how to orient themselves, how to read the compass the correct way, how to lure wild animals, if you will, in. Uh, And then ultimately showing them, hey, when you fuck up, you have to take responsibility for this. Because he doesn't shrink away from it like anybody else in this fucking show would do and try and shovel it off onto someone else. It's he's Hank Hill. He says, yep, I'm the one who did this. I I need to show these kids this is how we do it. So um, it wasn't good enough to be a Char King for me. This is not a, a great episode of King of the Hill, but it is a better than most episode of King of the Hill. I would take this over a lot of episodes out of season 12, out of season 11, out of season 10. So so, so it's a straight butane, or butane for you then? No, it's a Buking. Buking. I'm sorry, I misheard. Okay, okay. So yes. I was like, wow, you're real positive about it then. Hmm. Yeah, it's a Butte King, almost a Char King. It's just not quite there. And it's mostly because the last bit of this episode is what saves it. The majority of this episode is Butane, so I feel like it's un- not okay for me to give it a Char King based off of less than 50%. Hmm. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to take the other side of your coin here and say that it's a megalotane because it's not a megalo, but I'm not going to put okay. it on. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't like this episode. I don't like, because this is the turn where like what happens when Hank meets an ass he can't kick. Oh, they're two kind of, you know, sissy effeminate boys, so to speak. Like, yeah. 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 I'm going to give it a megalotane. I don't, like it, but I don't hate it. I don't know. It's not a charcoal, so. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't if know. That feels the B story. Does it? What? If it's to say, if you get rid of the B story, does it bump it up for you at all? 
Oh yeah, ten thousand percent. I hate this B story, but um, if okay. we look at B stories as things that you know don't affect the plot and all, this is a this is a successful B story. It's just yeah. really annoying. It's <laughs> again, this might be my like. What's your least favorite Luann? It's this one. Like this is where. You can't redeem her, and yeah. I also really get hung up on the continuity of it all. I don't know, like, between Straight Arrow and Bobby just not being in it, but them knowing we have a Tanya, but then Luann isn't pregnant, and the guys should have been more involved. Like, there's even the bit, and they're like, you know, Bill's like, look at how happy I looked, and he's a little curly-headed fuck. Like, right. there's more to it that we're not getting so much. Like, I understand this Hank's, and I think that's maybe what it is, is like, Hank's wanting nostalgia, but it's not the way that it used to be. That's what this episode is, is Gamma Lobo and may have been here for long enough. They remember, but that doesn't make them good. Yeah. At King. Maybe are we too mean to, are we too mean to them? I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm kind of breaking here, but like, are we too mean to Gamma Lobo and may they suck, right? We can say they suck. We don't like the shit they put out. Honestly. I mean, if we, if, if we have consistently given them butanes and lowers, then they are, they are average at best. Right. Like if, if it's lower than that, then yeah, no, you are you are not holding up your end of the fucking bargain. And for people that have been around this show as long as they have, that's inexcusable. Um, Like, I, I'm sorry, you don't get to get away with things like continuity errors if you've been around the whole fucking life of the show. Right. That'd be and something so, like, like, so that'd be like if I, you do remember doesn't excuse the shit you didn't remember. Right. Basically, yeah. Like, I, here, let me re- let me rephrase this question for you, or at least ask pose a different one in a same vein. If we had switched this from Gamma Lobo and May, and we'd said this is this is Jim Dotrieve that wrote this episode, would it change anything? Or would you still be mad that somebody who's been on this fucking show since literally day one has a character named after them, is just ignoring blatant things about this or making it super convoluted so we don't know what, if they know it or not? Right. Like, well, I'd I mean, still be really fucking pissed at him. But we had that... Hang on just a sec. I'm looking back at our shit. We had that problem with uh, Strangeness on a Train. That was Jim Dotrieve. And, like, we too tamed it. But, like, we we kept talking about how familiar it was and how well it kind of worked, but not really. And that's the... I think that's the problem. Yeah. One other huge piece of this is that there's two cooks in the kitchen for this. So there's two two pairs of eyes that looked at this and got, let it get through quality and gave us what this episode ultimately ended up being. With Dotrieve, cool. It's one person. You you only have so many safeguards for this. That's fine. But with with a writing duo, it's also way less forgiving. Um, I'm way more critical on people like uh, the Millers and the Allens because I know it's a writing duo. Right. Like you've got two people that can bounce ideas off of each other. This should be refined by a hundred fucking percent compared to any one person writer. Mm-hmm. So, especially if you're a competent writing team together, which we've seen most of them do it. So, I don't know. Maybe you and I really just don't like Gamma Lobo and May and the way that they write together. That could be it. Well, we don't like their ep- And again, you know, I said this earlier, we don't like their episodes. And listeners, yeah. if you'll just indulge us for a minute here as I go through our shit... Uh, Texas Panhandler, we hated. Um, Bill's House was a two-tane. Mutual of Omabois was a two-tane. 
and I know we kind of did this on our wrap up, but still, um, stressed for success yeah. was a two tane. Like we don't like them. I think the highest one we rated was reborn to be wild. You gave it a butane. I gave it a char king. Uh, I never promised you an organic okay. garden with them. That was a two tane. So they're, they are, we do like them consistently and that they are consistently a two tane, but like, we don't like them like that. We're not in like with them, you know? Absolutely. I like, I really think that there are certain people that when they start writing for a show and they, they get established and they know that they can't be, they really can't be hassled with once they write that they take advantage of the fact um, a, a huge, like the way I'm going to round this out here and then we, we don't have to continue harping on it, but um, the way I can kind of equate this to a lot of things is what is, what is the episode Mark that to you killed the Simpsons? Uh, I don't know. What's yours? I know yours is the prank monkey, right? Prank monkey is a big one, but no, mine is the death of Mod Flanders because it's totally unfucking warranted, and it's the okay. stupidest way to kill a main character. And the guy who wrote this, Ian Maxtone Graham, has come up and said, "I do it all over again, a million times over. I don't give a shit about what any of the people watching this show think. I'm gonna write it how I want." Well, I kind of respect that yeah, to a sense, right? Like, I definitely respect that. But at the same time, like, if you're not going to pay attention to any input, then you have no fucking right to be on this show for another 20 years. And he's still fucking there. Hmm. If you want something to act like last and have longevity, then you don't deserve to be there if you don't want your some input from the people who are actively actively engaging and watching your show. Um, I, as a creative person myself, if somebody came on here and asked us to do something different, I would probably tell them to fuck off because right. that's, this is our show. It's not theirs. At the same time, I would also probably look at, see why it is they're asking, right? If they want me to right. swear less, why is it they want me to swear less? I would examine that and see, um, I wouldn't give in because they asked me to, but I might take a second and look at it again. I right. think Gamma Lobo and May might be the Ian Maxtone Graham of the King of the Hill universe, right? They're the ones that are going to sit here and go, well, we've been here for a long time. We know the characters. We know that we can get by and squeak by by addressing just X, Y, Z and minimal fucking amounts of of like earlier shit. Yeah, because they just want to we're going to write beats. it the way we want. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Okay, okay. And you know what? I'm sorry. If you know you're on a timeline here, then that's not okay. If you know this is the end of the season, fucking give me all the fan service. It's stupid not to think that it works because it's a time and true tested fucking theory. Fan service has worked for a hundred goddamn years. I, I maybe maybe Gamma and Lobo and May are just they're just two writers that they want to do things on their in their own way and it clashes with the way you and I look at this. Either way, I don't know if I'm ever gonna give them more than a butane. I mean, we haven't like. Yeah. I don't know how many more episodes they've got if they have any, but I wouldn't be surprised if they never got higher than a butane here. Some writers just tend to, they tend to hit our personal, like our personal likes a little bit better than others. Dude, the fucking Allens hit it and they hit it hard really early. So you and I love pretty much everything they do. Remember when we said, yeah, remember there that, that was an ongoing bit for you and I was, oh, Johnny, the Allens yeah. are back. The Allens are back. We're going to get t-shirts saying the Allens are back. I love the Allens. Yeah. You know, we still love the Allens. Yeah. 
Or, you Alan know, um, and Alan uh, Al Shuler and Krinsky, man. And I fucking hit you up and like they were producing on American yes. Dad. And I'm like, now we need to do American Dad to see their influence on this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the Allens are there. So are, uh, I've been watching a lot. Jonah and Marie Miller Abraham. are on American Miller, Dad. M- Miller, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they do actually a lot of voices on that. I'm I'm currently rewatching American Dad. I'm in like season ten, and they do a bunch of voices, and I'm like, this is weird. Join us in March when Johnny and I pick up American Daddy issues, a weekly retrospective of American Dad. <laughs> It'll be done in three years. Um, anyway, anyway, sorry, I anyway. totally derailed us because we're we're given ratings. No, but, uh, so well, I no, not at all. I I like with... I like this. I like us discussing why we're upset with writers <laughs> because it's it's a weekly retrospective, and the way that you and I are doing this, I'm sorry, dude. You and I are qualified to speak on the on the caliber and quality of writers, and you and I consistently. I think so are lukewarm at best toward Gamma Lobo and May. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm willing to say that it they may just be not my fucking favorite flavor of ice cream. That could be the fact. But the fact of the matter is, they're probably not a lot of people's favorite flavor of ice cream for the reasons that they're not ours. Um, Okay, I ended with a Buchan, you ended up with a Megalotane. So, I mean, collectively, we're, this gets a butane score out of both of us, if we look at it. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting, but, yeah. All right. Well, I guess then, here right. we are. Johnny, it's time to ask that question. Do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. This was a, this is a very good, very long episode. Thank you guys for, for trooping through with us. Um... We're, we're, I mean, we're inching closer and closer to that finish line and, you know, it, it's going to be here before we want it to be. Uh, I know Mark and I probably secretly, but n- would never openly admit it to each other. We're hoping that season 14 would be out by now. So that way we could extend this fucker by at least another couple of months, but Hey, we're not there yet. Uh, stay tuned. If I guess if they ever come out with it, uh, Mark, <laughs> do you still love King of the Hill? Do you still like King of the Hill? Yeah, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? I love it, man. I Good. love it. I'm going to I'm gonna keep rewatching it, and, and it's my comfort food, and now that I don't have to study for an obnoxious-ass test that was two years in the making, I'm just... The only thing I wish is I had a big old fat bowl. <laughs> that would make it better. If you get your ass down to Colorado, I got this shit called Baby Yoda, and it is... It'll fucking oh, make your man. nipples feel like memory foam mattresses. Um, I want you to call me Grogu. <laughs> 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 I am now casting the Mandalorian with Bill as the Mandalorian. He's the Mandapantlodorian. It's terrible. I just I want him as the uh oh what is what's the guy's name? Um Werner Herzog. I just want him to be the guy Show me the child. <laughs> I can't do a good enough. <laughs> Bill and or Werner Herzog to pull that off. So instead, I'm going to say, <laughs> listeners, either. if you liked what we did here, if you didn't like what we did here, I don't really care. But what I do care about is you going and letting us know. You can do that by going to the Dangle Podcast at Gmail, at Twitter, at Instagram, at Facebook, and letting us know. You can go to Marky Stardust on Twitter.com. We'll, we'll never be X. Or or you can go... <laughs> X, don't give it to you. X, go and give it to you with no trivia. Um, 
fuck. My rhyme scheme is all off now. You can also find uh, this show and all other High Hammock shows on the Blue Sky app. That's highhammockradio.bsky, whatever. Um, I've got another podcast. It's called I Can't Wait to Show My Kids. Johnny's there sometimes. It's a cinematic rewatch where we watch movies that the other one hasn't seen and talk about them. Uh, there's also another podcast called The Two Wizards Podcast. Uh, I am neck deep in the longest episode I've ever written. 40 pages all about Bigfoot, the idea of Bigfoot, the enigma of Bigfoot, the holdover ape that's Bigfoot, question mark? Or maybe he was the friend we made along the way. Johnny, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, well, when I'm not cramming for tests, you guys can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. But you can also hit us up on any of the Dangle podcast platforms as well. Like Mark said, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You can email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are pretty sure we know what we're going to continue on. So if you guys like listening to Mark and I prattle on about something every single week, uh, just know that when, uh, unfortunately, the Dangle Podcast comes to its ceremonious end sometime about March of 2024, uh, Mark and I have something already kind of geared up and ready to go. Uh, the only hint that I really want to give you guys is that it has something to do with Colorado. Uh, it could be a community college in Colorado. It could be a town on the western slope that is overtaken by Soviets. It could be a lot of different things. There's a lot of shit that happens in Colorado, like aliens and predators fighting each other. I'm just saying, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Colorado. So you never know what you're going to hear us talk about. But if you like hearing us, if you like listening to us, if you like what we're producing here, uh, get excited. We do have something ready to roll ready to roll for at least a little while here, starting in April. So... Uh, Mark, anything else today, or are we going to say goodbye to these fine folks and let them finally turn off their headphones? Uh, I think we're going to say goodbye, but before that, i got to shoe in my obligatory Red Dawn quote of, No, I'm fine. My hatred keeps me warm. Thank you for being here, guys. We love you all. <laughs> Johnny, thank you for being here with me, buddy. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week, guys. Wolverines!